that. You know, I, I've been talking a lot about prayer. Well, mention it about your relationship with the Lord. You know, God was speaking to my heart, and, and, and just lately I've been trying to commune with God. I told Bo on that this morning, that my fellowship with God has to be the most important thing in my life. Man, I feel the presence of God saying that, praise God. I see so many people depending on church or depending on religion or even different things they do in, in, in their practice of of, of, of their relationship with God, and they're falling away. And I wonder why. I say, God, these people go to church. These people, they, they, they serve you, but what's wrong? And the Lord spoke to, you know, this morning, and it was not this morning, really, a couple of days ago, he, he shared that with me. He said, son, and he started with me, okay, so I'm guilty, all right? He started with me, he said, son, I want to talk to you. I want to fellowship with you. I want to commune with you, son. And I want, to, I want to know, you know, what our relationship, the Lord wants to, the Lord wants us to bless you with a, a prayer life, a life of communion with God. And there's so many times we, we go through our, our, we call it religion or our, our relationship, and we forget that God likes to talk to but We're so busy complaining to him him for things, and we never let the Lord speak, right? I guess that's the way I'm going this morning with that, all right? I found out in me, in my life, that I've been missing so much from my prayer life is because my prayer life has been all about me. Come on. All about, you know, my heartaches and my suffering and my, what I need. And that's, that's nothing wrong with asking God for all that stuff. Don't, don't. Erase that off of your prayer list. It's that a lot of times we're just talking to God. We're not communing with Him, right? And we don't even expect Him to answer. You know? We're just using words. <laughs> Does that make sense? I don't know why the Holy Ghost is leading me this way. I feel that a church that prays together, a church that prays and seeks God is a good church, right? Each individual in this church if you have a communion with God, it's going to make a better church. Right? It's going to make a better fellowship with the Lord, a better spirit. Oh, let me see where I'm I got some glasses somewhere. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you glad you're in church this morning? Let's get ready, praise God. I want you to tell me to Luke chapter 11, uh, first one. Jesus did, Jesus did most of his ministry through prayer, okay? Jesus sometimes spent all night in prayer. And a lot of people say, well, I want to be more like Jesus. <laughs> When's the last time you spent 15 minutes in prayer seeking the Lord? When's the last time you spent a half an hour? Or an hour? When's the last time you and God communed? And fellowship. I was telling Bo that this morning when I was, early this morning I came here and I said, you know what? Adam and Eve had a fellowship with God. Adam and Eve had a, they, God walked with them. I mean, he walked with them in the garden. And the minute they sinned, that fellowship was lost. And I find in my own life, personal life, sometimes I'm allowing my, I don't want to call it, And we use the word religion, but my association with the church 
interfere, and I'm not talking in, in a way that my, it's not as bad. I'm saying this. We, we, we target things like church and, and prayer and, 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 and reading them. And we target things like paying tithes or talking in tongues and all that stuff. And we think that's what God wants. Nothing wrong with that stuff, okay? Nothing wrong with it. It's great. But when's the last time we really communed with God and had a time of fellowship with Him? Time of, come on, someone. <laughs> huh? When's the last time we had a time where we were just you and God, just, just you and God together, one-on-one? -on -one. <laughs> Listen, when I get one-on-one -on -one with God, it gets scary. <laughs> because you know why? He's dealing with Laney. He's targeting my walk with him. The disciples came to Jesus. See, they saw him pray. They watched him pray. They even heard him pray. And they knew there was something about Jesus by what he, how he prayed. How he fellowshiped with God. And they watched him for three and a half years. They, they just walked with him. They saw him. Jesus did 99% of the praying, apparently, from what I see. He's the one that went off by himself and prayed all night. He's the one that went in fellowship with the Lord. What were the disciples doing? They could have been doing the same thing, right? Verse 1 says, Now came to pass, in chapter 11 of Luke, I'm reading New King James this morning. I came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Not teach us how to pray. <laughs> Listen to the way he said it. Teach us to pray. Let me ask you a question. When is the time you pray the most when you get in trouble? <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> When is the time you go to the Lord when, you, when your bank account is low and, and your body's sick and, and all that? You, you cry out like you never cried out in your life. You said this morning, when you're on the mountain, it's, it's good. When the bank account is full, the, the wife and husband ain't fighting. Come on, the job is doing good and everybody's happy. Oh, it, it, it's, it's easy. But it's when you're in the valley. <laughs> When, it, when, when, when the bills ain't getting paid and, and, and everything's going wrong and everything's falling apart. Oh, my Lord, I'm going to beg mine in a minute. Praise God. Listen, that's when we start saying, hey, help God. Do we want to want to pray then? Right? We want to pray now. But that was different when it was going good. All we had to let the see in church. Every, the bank account's full. Everything's good. I'm happy. Everybody's happy. No, don't need God. Oh, wait. <laughs> Listen, he said, teach us to pray. Well, if you want to learn how to pray, I'm going to give you some trouble. When you want to learn how to pray, I'm going to let you go through a little hardship. Because that's when you pray the most. Wow, <laughs> well, you picked a bad day to come to church. <laughs> no, but seriously, I know I'm like that. Right? The Lord spoke to me a couple of days. He spoke to me a long time ago. I want you to build your little altar. 
So a couple months or so back, I told Janice, I said, I got to do it. Because we had a place where we, I'd, I'd pray by my window between the two classes, me, Janice, two classes. And I built my little altar. It's, 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 you know, I kneeled down on it. I, I just seek the Lord. It was so important. It's, it, it might not mean nothing to anybody else, but to me and God, it was important. He said, Lily, I want you to focus your eyes toward the heavens. From which your help comes from. So I made me one. I made it out of wood. I varnished it, man. I put some polyurethane. Well, it's nice. And in the morning before I start, I kneel on it, okay? Ooh. <laughs> and I ask God to do some things in my life, my family, my walk. And I start seeking God that way. Then when I get up, I sit on the beds right there, so I sit down, and I keep my eyes toward that window. Right? Do I, no, you don't have to do it like I did, but it, it, it's something about focusing on God, and communing with God that makes the things different in my life. It's, it lets me see God as a real God. He's not just somebody sitting on his throne. He's, he wants to fellowship with me. He wants, to, he wants me to commune with him, right? He wants me to take part in his worship. Take part in, 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 in his word. Take part in his fellowship with him. You make it sound like God's personal. Yes, he is. Because the disciples wanted to, Jesus to teach them to pray. So if you go back and you read it, he gives, he gives the Lord's prayer. You know, the model prayer, you know, uh, that, that to show them that if you're going to approach God, you've got to approach him. He's holy, right? You've got to approach him. He commands us to forgive the debts of those that are indebted against us. He said, no use into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Try to start with that in the morning and see how far. <laughs> you find out a lot about yourself, Okay. I'm going to read something to you, okay? I have a few things. I'm not to keep you too long, but I want to I challenge you to think about your relationship with the Lord this morning, okay? When I talk about prayer, it's not words we speak, boy. It's not just a practice thing we do every morning. You are talking to the living God. <laughs> you hear me? <laughs> You're communing with the creator of all the universe, he loves you. And I said it the other day, and I don't, I'm going to say it again. I think it's the desire of the Lord to bless you. It's the desire of the Lord to minister to you. It's the desire of the Lord to fellowship with you. If God be for you, who can be against you? See, you've got to be where it's happening with the Lord. You've got to be in the presence of the Lord. You've got to be in communion with the God to know his will, Right? Listen, sometimes God's just blessing me with his presence and I, I feel him, he's encouraging me. Sometimes he's letting me have it. He's letting me know this ain't right, Lanny. And I'm not going to get to know what is right till I get in communion with God. You know? The Holy Spirit draws you to fellowship. The Holy Spirit is so important. Listen, a church without the Holy Ghost is not God's church. A Christian without the Holy Ghost is not God's child. 
Now, I don't want to be I'm being blunt with you. I want to be honest with you. If there's no Holy Spirit in your life, I doubt whether you know the Lord. There's nothing drawing you to the Lord. Nothing drawing you to a fellowship with God. Nothing drawing you to holiness. Nothing drawing you want to live. I doubt it. You can't tell me you and God's like this if you're living in sin. And refuse to do anything about it. Don't, there's something wrong with your, your communion with God. Without the Holy Spirit, come on somebody, dealing with you. Drawing you to the Lord. Drawing you closer to God. There's no fellowship there. Can't have fellowship without the Holy Spirit, right? Oh, uh, this passage of scripture in Isaiah, I want you to turn there. Isaiah 65, verse 24. This stuck with me a couple of weeks ago. I, I came across this verse. I want to ask you, how good is your fellowship with God? Your communion with God? Isaiah, now here, wait, Isaiah 65. Verse 24. Right now, today, we're falling short as Christians. I'm a, I, and I'm not trying to judge anybody. That's between you and the Lord, really. Seriously, you know where you're at with God. But let me tell you what's been working for me, okay? And, and I believe it's, it's where we need to be as believers, Forget about that outside world for a minute. For today, right now, this minute. I want this in my life. I'm, that verse I'm fixing to read. I want that kind of communion with God. He says this. It shall come to pass. That before you even call on me, I will answer. Think about it. <laughs> how, how would you like to have a prayer life like that? Huh? Before you even call, I will ask, while you are still speaking, I will hear. <laughs> My God, that, that ought to shake somebody up. That's the kind of relationship I want God to be with the Lord. I want to know that He's hearing me when I pray. And He's there to meet my needs. He's there to strengthen me and encourage me in the faith, to help me to get closer to Him. Why are you even speaking? Before you even finish, run your mouth. <laughs> Before you even finish praying, I'll answer. Whoo, you ought to write that verse down, praise God. <laughs> what a prayer life, man. Just think if you get that close to God. Huh? Now listen, it doesn't mean because you're having to wait that God is not answering. Come on, somebody. Because there's a time of patience. Listen, like I say a lot of times, if God would give you everything you want, every second you'd ask for it, you'd be just a spoiled baby. What you ask the Lord is recorded in heaven. God heard you. It's established. He's going to do it. As long as it's in his will, as long as you're following the Lord, if you're doing what he wants you to do, God's, the prayer is answered, right? Before they even call, <laughs> I will answer. <laughs> Come on, somebody. That's my God, brother, sister. That's the kind of God I serve. Not this weak religious God that never shows up. 
Come on, somebody. Not this weak religious God where you got to fall, light a candle, uh, say a certain prayer, bow here, bow. That's not the kind of God. I'm talking about the living God. The God that answers by fire. The Holy Ghost God. The power God. The God that's alive and powerful. <laughs> Come on. I'm going to get some of you thinking after a while. Praise God. You don't have to turn to my reading in Psalms 145, verse 18 and 19. The Lord is near to all of them that call upon him. Where is he? He's near. Listen, to know that he's there when I'm praying. You hear what I'm saying? To know that he's there when I'm calling upon him. To know he's right there, right there, near. He's ready to answer. He's ready to meet our needs. He's ready to hear our prayers and hear our requests. Right? The Lord is near to all of those that hear him, that are close to him, and to all who call upon him in truth. So you can't pray. See, people can pray a lie. They can pray something that God doesn't want nothing to do with. But if you're praying in truth, you're praying according to his word. You're praying according to what he said. In, his, in, the, in the, the Bible. In truth. It says here. He says. He will fulfill the desire of all of those who fear him. You remember when I said it's God's desire. It's God's character. To bless you Lawrence. It's God's character to bless you. Boy. All of y'all in here. That's, that's in the heart of God. You understand what I'm saying? God is, God is wanting to bless you. God's wanting to take care of you. God's wanting to know. Listen, nothing matters more to me than my children. I'm, a, I'm not going to lie to you. Other than the Lord, my wife, my children are first. And don't tell me that you love me as much as you love your children. You're lying through your teeth. You know why? Because you have a covenant with that. That's your body. That's, that's your... your the bones, and that's everything that you're into. You, it's in your children. Because they got grace with you, right? I thought about that very thing. How much more does God have for me and you? She's not gonna, he's gonna do things for you, he's not gonna do for that world, right? Because you're his child. Well, that's a relationship, huh? When I learned about grace, I said, God. I don't want to never neglect your grace, but if that grace, if you love me way more than I love my children and would do anything for them, I'm in good shape, right? Because of my agreement, my covenant with him. I'm his child. So when I pray, I got to pray based on that. I'm your child, God. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. I'm just not anybody. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Hear me with <laughs> I'm, 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 you're, you're my father. You live in me. You made me. You created me. You saved me. My God, I'm trying to get a point across. Listen to me, praise God. Listen, if that's not the kind of relationship you have with God, you need to recheck some things. Right? Listen, I sat in this church for years, and some of the greatest men and women of God I know sat in this very building. And you know, you take a piece out of each one of them. And you watch them on how their fate is working. 
My God, I don't know about you. I thank God I sat in this church. You know why? Because I saw men and women of God. Believe God, brother. Stay on the word of God. And I wouldn't trade that for all the money in the world. Because now I'm doing the same thing. And I'm learning the same thing. I'm starting to see some things in my own life. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Work what, in the Holy Ghost. What God wants to happen in my life. I'm starting to see God. And you remember when I said that last time, boy? I said, you know, Stephen was being stoned. And he said, I see Jesus standing on the right hand of God. They were biting him and stoning him. He said, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. Praise God. But he saw Jesus. I said, Lord, I see Jesus. Come on, Holy Ghost. Listen, if you want to start seeing Jesus, you're going to start seeing things happen. Praise God. I see Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> let me, let me, let me. Right, read, read what I wrote down, praise God. And if you turn over to Matthew real quick. Uh, chapter 6. And we learned a little bit this morning, okay? You know, I was praying this morning. And listen, I realize that as much as I'm going to preach up here, I can't make you do what I say, right? I can't make you obey what the Word says. You're going to have to decide in your own heart that i got to establish a fellowship with God, a communion with God. If this church is not a praying church, it's a social club. If you're not a praying Christian, it's a social club. If nobody's talking about seeking God and nobody's talking about getting close to God and want to fellowship with God, something's wrong. There, there are two things that I want for you and for me. This is the thing I'm seeking for. I want a closer walk with the Lord. I want to hear Him. Right? I want to be, I want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. I want to know His Word. I want to be able, when I look up to heaven, I want to hear Him. Okay? That's me. But as a pastor of this church, I want to I get you to believe the same thing. That you can get in fellowship with the Lord. You can hear from the Lord yourself. That you can know that you, God is with you. All right? I can say all the words in the world. If you're not going to believe them, then it's... See what I'm saying? It's not going to do you any good. I don't want to draw men to myself. That's the last. Listen, I told people, I said, pride is the most evil sin any man could commit. It's a sin that brought the devil down and, and, and brought sin in this world. My, my ministry here is to encourage you. I'm not Lord over you. I can't make you do what the Bible says. You have to do it. Right? Jesus is pretty much the same incident, but let me, let me read some of this for you. And I want to start, I guess, in uh, verse 5, chapter 6, where Jesus is speaking again. And when you pray, so he said, when you pray, you have to pray as a Christian. Come on. You can't be a non-praying Christian. Jesus commands you to pray, right? 
when you pray, and this is, I, like I said, I have a set time. I have a place every morning that I have to meet with God. That's my, my secret place. That's a place where my room or my closet, like you want to call it, where I meet with God, okay? He goes, when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites do, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues in the corner of the streets, that they may be seen by men to pray. And they'll go around, look, look at me. Lord, help me, Lord, help me. And worship, you know, praying in the street, making everybody look at them. You see what I'm saying? That's what the, that's what the Pharisees were doing. Look how good, look, Lord, and how good I pray. And then people will look at them, oh, they're some holy men. No, they're nothing but hypocrites. You know what I'm saying? They wanted people to draw to themselves. They wanted people to worship them. See, that's not the kind of prayer life God wants for us. You know? God wants us a place, a place of secrecy where nobody sees you but God. <laughs> Come on, somebody. When you get on your knees, it's only the Lord looking at you. Not people on the street. Not people on, in the corners of the streets. No, it was God looking at you. Your prayer has to be a prayer of secrecy between you and the Lord. No, we got corporate prayer. I know we get together with prayer. That's not what I'm talking about. That's a good thing. That's, I mean, I just need it. But it's a time where you have to seek God for yourself. He says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites do, but they like standing in the synagogues and on the corners and the streets, that they may be seen of men. Surely I say unto you, they have their reward. That's the only reward they're going to get. How men say they're holy and everything else and bragging on them. How they, you know, that's not what it's about. It happens today. You go to religious churches and you see them all dressed up, man. They, 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 you know, they're doing their religious thing. They, oh, they're holy men. No, they're not holy men based on how they look. Or how loud they can pray. <laughs> Come on. I'm going to read this to you because i got to say something. <laughs> but you, when you pray, go into your room or your closet. When you have shut your door, pray to your Father, which is in secret, which is in secret or in a secret place. And he who sees in secret will reward you. You know, about two years ago, three years ago, maybe, the Lord said, Lady... I need a time, and I need a place. So he spoke to me. Listen, ever since then, that 4.30 in the morning clock goes off. I'm telling you, I'm not lying to you. Sometimes I drag foot, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I don't go to prayer at 5.30, but I was supposed to. He wakes me up. My wife's right there, she'll tell you. And it's like, it, it, it's always, sometimes it's a, 15 minutes before. Uh, sometimes it's three minutes before 430. I'm not lying to you. It's like God established a, a prayer clock in my spirit. And that place where I'm telling you about, where I put the little altar, where I kneel, that's the place he told me to set up. I'll tell you the truth, and I'm not telling you, you pray wherever God puts you, okay? But if I don't start there, something about, I'm not effective in my prayer life. Not the place, not the altar, but it's just something about obedience to God. I want to I meet you right here in the morning. All right? Setting, my, setting me a place aside so I can pray. It's just me and God, right? It's, it's my secret place. It's where, it's where I meet with the Lord. Amen? I challenge everyone in this church to do the very same thing. Find your place with God in the morning. 
Let's not get up sometime. Or <laughs> my eyes feel like they got lead on them, man. It's so, it's, they're so heavy. But you know, I have to get up. I go, I go in my shower. I wake myself in the shower. <laughs> I wake myself up. Get my, I'm ready to go. <laughs> it's like energy comes to you. You know what I'm saying? But you know, it's, it's to get that, getting that, that rhythm, getting that, getting that obedience to God, and knowing that's a place you set before the Lord. He said, you got to, don't do like the hypocrites do. He says, and I want to see verse 7, and when, go in secret place, and when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do. They think that they will be heard for their much words. Listen, we've been, you know, especially in the Catholic Church, and it's the same prayer. Our Father, that's, it. that's the only scripture prayer in the whole, the whole church. But they don't know him. You know, they, they repeat these prayers over and over and over and over. Never no repentance. Never no seeking God. It's just a system of, of vain repetition. Constantly saying the same thing over and over and over and over. With no heart change. No, no desire to understand the ways of God. Seriously, listen to me, praise God. Religion will do that for you. Religion will always replace true worship. Religion will always replace true fellowship with God. Because as long as you can feel you're doing something and to ease your conscience, that's what, that's what the devil likes. You've been in religion all your life, a lot of you. Do you ever, you ever notice people are caught up in this system? Do you ever see them to go right back to the honky-tonks? They go back to their adulterous lives? They go back to everything that was ungodly? Listen, they go to church. I went to church today. I said five hell Marys, and but they, they don't change. Nothing changes. Because they're just using words. They're just in a, in a system. Well, we are in this system. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're constantly saying the same thing over and, and just keep using the same, and you say, we can get caught up in that same spirit. Come on. And, and there's no really a desire to see things change. See, you're just praying with no expectation. No desire belief that God's going to change it, right? Figuring out if you just kneel down for a few minutes and say these certain words and everything will be okay. That's not what fellowship is. That's not what communion is with God. Does it make sense to you? I'm going to show you something I wrote down, okay? A few things that I've noticed. God commands a secret place, first of all. Number one, a place where you meet with God. Come on, somebody. When's the last time you've done that? When's the last time you got aside from you and the Lord? Now you, not, not you and somebody else, or you in the church, just you and God. A place where you meet with He. He wants us to find a place so we can fellowship with Him. Like I said, corporate prayers, one we have on Thursday night. I enjoy th Thursday night prayer here. Seriously, I do. And it gives us a chance to pray together. But there's that place where you need to be with God by yourself. You need a secret place. Oh. You need a place where you set aside. I don't care if it's in a barn. I don't care if it's in a bathroom. I don't care if it's in a closet. I don't care if it's anywhere. By your bed. A place where you meet God every morning. Right? Number two. Like I said, do not use vain repetition. I wrote something now. And I want you to listen to this. I, I, 
It was basically dealing with the same vain repetition. It is not how well you can pray. That's what God showed me. It's not how well you can pray. Oh, Lord God, holy, most holy, righteous God, and use all those holy words you, you know a lot of people use, okay? It's not how well you can pray. Or whether you can... Come on, somebody. It's not how well you can pray. Or how many words you can use, right? Sometimes it's not, it's not saying anything, right? Sometimes, <laughs> I'm telling you, lately it's been like that. I just stop a little while and God says, okay, Lynn, it's my turn. Man, he lets me have it. Oh, I enjoy those times when the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. It gets real personal because it's, it's, it's where I'm getting, getting my strength from. I get strength from fellowshipping with God. I grow when I can fellowship with God. I don't kneel down and say, let me see, uh, what, what my, let me see the same thing I said yesterday. And see how many words I can use and how many, how many phrases I can use, how much holy, holy and thou I can put in there. That's not what it's about. Come on. It's about using your words wisely in the presence of the Lord. It's not about how many words you can say. It's not how good you can pray. Right? How holy you might sound. It's about communion with God. Man, I don't know if you're getting this this morning. It's about fellowshipping with the Lord. See, me and my wife get up in the morning and we, we pray, but we talk to each other. If I get up in the morning and I don't say nothing to her and she don't say nothing to me and I, get, I go outside and do my thing, and, and we don't ever say, what kind of relationship would that be? Huh? Or if I told her everything and told her to shut up and listen to me, or vice versa. You can't say anything. I'm gonna tell you everything I think. <laughs> She'd be in bad shape. <laughs> She's already in bad shape when I see some. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but I was kind of with you. Know, she said, "Lenny, shut up. I'm gonna talk all day long." You'd be in bad shape. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> what kind of relationship would that be, huh? <laughs> or I say, "I'll talk all day today, and you talk all day tomorrow." <laughs> We both be so frustrated at each other, we let everything out in one day. You dirty little dog, I'll tell you what I think. <laughs> All right. What kind of fellowship would that be? Tell me in Matthew 26 real quick. All right. Jesus was in Gethsemane. Matthew chapter <laughs> What you said? Are you finished? <laughs> no, I'm not finished yet. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> oh, what chapter? I thought, I'm sorry. I thought you said, are you finished? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Chapter 26 of Matthew. Jesus, in verse 37, Jesus is getting ready to be offered up as our sacrifice. And he's praying. Verse 37. Now he, he's facing the cross, all right? He's praying, and in the Bible testifies that there, there was like he was in so much stress. 
He said, it's like drops of blood was coming down. And anguish had filled his heart. He, that's why he had prayed, well, Lord, if there's any way this can pass from me, let it be. But not my will, but thy will. You know, years ago, I learned this back when I was studying the scriptures. You know, that cup that was on, that he talked about. Some people believe, this was, this was, this was on the Mount of Olives, really, Garden of Gethsemane. And they had some stones that were, that were erected out of the ground. They put it there. It was, it was like a, a kind of like it had a funnel on the top. Like you would, you know, like a funnel. And it had a hole that was going through it. And it was, uh, it would fall. When anybody would do grind the olives or whatever they would do, the, 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 uh, the pure olive oil would come out and fall into that cup. On the side, some people seem to think, I'm not seeing scripture, but maybe he, when he was praying this, Lord, if there's any way this cup can pass from me, let it be. Now, one guy said, and, he's, and it, it stuck with me, he said, the bottom part of this thing represents the will of man. The cover, I mean, the, the thing that grind the olive represents the will of God. And Jesus was pressed between the two. See what I'm saying? And the top would grind, and it would turn till it would get all the olive oil out of the, out of the, the seed or whatever the fruit. And I thought about that. How many times we look at God and say, "God, not my will, but Thy will." See, Jesus had a flesh. Jesus felt and He heard it and He everything like like we do. But He was pressed between Sister Kathy between those two. The cover and the press itself. And when the top was grinding, you know, the olives, it would drain in that cup. And it would bring forth pure olive oil. And I'm, and I'm not seeing this scripture. I'm just, just relating what I heard. Just imagine Jesus looking at this thing. And he's leaning on it or next to it. And he says, Lord, does any way this cup can pass from me? See, that cup, that pure olive oil, there had to be some grinding. There had to be some, you know what I'm saying? Listen, I feel that sometimes. I'm pressed between two wills, what I want to do and what God wants to do. Come on, somebody. And watch. My flesh don't want to pray. <laughs> it don't want to get up at 4.30 in the morning. It don't want to do God's will, okay? And when I get up, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that battle take place. But when I do what God says, I can feel the presence of the Lord. You see, I can feel the pure olive oil coming out and pouring into that cup. I thought, well, I said, man, what a, what a powerful thing. No, the thing is that the cut, I mean, you press between two wheels. You press between what God wants you to do and what the flesh wants to do. And if Jesus is looking at this thing, and I'm saying, no, I'm just... See, when I heard it, it made a lot of sense to me. They said, Lord, if there's any way, this don't have to happen. Let it be. But he said, not my will, but thy will be done. He was pressed between two wills. His will, his flesh will, and God's will. And I thought about that. Man, he's going through all of that. Man, he, the anguish that he was feeling, he's fixing to die on the cross. His flesh didn't want. His flesh didn't want to die on the cross. 
His flesh was fighting it. The will of God. Come on, Holy Ghost. He was fighting what God wanted. And he's going through all of this. And those wonderful disciples, oh man, they were, they, they were all praying for him. Yeah, sure they were. They were lazy, full of food, just come out of, you know, they were, they, they were <laughs> listen to this. I'm going to read it to you. And I want to, let me read from verse 5, okay? No, no, I, what do we go to Matthew? Chapter 26, I'm sorry. I got there. I want to hear myself. Verse 37, when he says this, Jesus is facing the cross. And the disciples have a problem staying up. It says this. I'm starting verse 37. And he took, his, took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, and he began to be sorrowful, deeply depressed. And he said unto him, My soul is exceedingly, come on, sorrowful, to even unto death. Stay here. And this is the one, this is what he says, watch. <laughs> he said, watch with me. Pray with me. So you can't watch. She said, listen, be alert. Look. I'm fixing to die. I'm fixing to face death. Jesus was sorrowful. His, his flesh was hurting. His flesh didn't want to do this. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, Father, if this is possible, let this cup pass from me. Now I want you to get a picture of that little, <laughs> that I just explained to you a little while ago. That press with a cup hanging on the side of it. None of Sini was like that. Listen to me. I mean, he's in this place where this, 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 this grinding was going on, and this this. You know what they did? They did that. And he said, look, he said, Lord, if there's any way this cup can pass me, let it be. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Well, if we pray like that on ours, Lord, I know what I want to do, but it's not what I want to do. I want to do what you want me to do, right? Think about your prayer life. I mean, think about your communion with God, right? If you wake up tomorrow morning and you get on your knees and say, Lord, I know what I want to do, but it's not my will. It's your will. See, a lot of times, our will is not God's will. Our ways are not God's ways. Our thoughts are not God's thoughts. That's what the scriptures say, right? But he's looking at this, and he's... <laughs> and he says, Lord, not your will. And then he comes to his disciples. <laughs> but they were prayed up, filled with the Holy Ghost, seeking God. says, then he came to his disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, now watch, he found them sleeping? Sleeping, y'all? They, oh, they were ready to take the devil on, man. They were ready to fight, man. And I'm pretty sure Jesus got angry at them. You could say what you want. He says, man, what's wrong with y'all? He says it here. And he, and he comes and says to Peter, supposed to be the leader, the first pope. No, he wasn't the first pope. <laughs> but he 
says to Peter, he says, what? Could you not watch for one hour? Could you not watch for one hour? What? I'm fixing to pay the price for mankind's sins on the cross. And I'm fighting this battle. And you don't know sleeping? Watch. How do you watch? You don't watch when you're sleeping. You don't know nothing when you're sleeping. He says, watch. Pray. Lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh will fail you. You cannot fight this battle sleeping. And for a lot of Christians, y'all, spiritually, that's what's happening. They're sleeping. They don't know what's going on. They don't know the battle, we fi- the trials we're fixing to face in this country. You know, um, the what's fixing Jesus. Is, a lot of Christians, they're not even alert that Jesus is coming back. They're not preparing their heart. They're not watching it. They're being ready. For when he returns, they're sleeping. Oh, they like church. They like programs. They like systems. They like, they like the fun part. But to seek God, to pray, to watch, lest you fall into temptation, lest you fall into Satan's plan, how are you going to do that if you're sleeping? How are you going to be watching if you're sleeping? The disciples were sleeping. They were sleeping. Come on, somebody. I'm going to make you mad before you leave. If you've been doing more sleeping than you've been praying, you got problems. If we're not alert and seeing what's going on, if we can't figure out that this, we're in the end times, we need to be pressing through. I told Jan, I said, just this morning, I said, Jan, I want to be ready. Come on. Listen to me. I want to be ready for when Jesus comes back. I want to be ready to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Welcome to the joy. I want to be ready. I've been doing this in my own life, and I don't know about you, but I've been checking things out. There's some things about me I don't like. And you know what? The Bible says he's coming for a church without spot or blemish. I mean, you, you, everything, but you got you, you're on the right, you, you, you're in, you, you fellowship with God, you're on the right track, you're changing, you're growing, you're learning, you're getting close to the Lord. Nothing does me like, like, like it says in, I want to see third John, when John writes this, he says, nothing does me more pleasure to see my children live in truth. My God, what a, what a statement, huh? Nothing done. John was writing, and he says, calling my children. He, uh, he said, none doesn't mean any better than talking about the church, spiritual children. To see them live in truth. To know that they're walking. My God, I feel that Holy Ghost. To know that they're walking with God. And to know that they fear God. They know that they're, they're, they're planning their life after this earth with Jesus. He said it like this, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to go one more statement. Forgiveness is a requirement of the Lord that we can fellowship in communion. If you have any oath against any, 
Jesus said, if you're not going to forgive them their trespasses, neither will your Father in heaven forgive yours. That's the last statement because it's so true. Listen, forgiveness is, is wonderful. I went through a time I had unforgiveness out there. And it's like when I, when I released that, I felt like a brand new person. I think that's the thing that hurts believers more than anything. God wants us free from that junk. Free to walk in peace. Free to walk in fellowship with others. Free to stand on the word of God. Religious prayers won't get you to God. Many words won't get you to God. How well you speak. And unforgiveness sure is not going to get you to God. Because Jesus said if your father in heaven forgives your sins, you ought to forgive others. And that's the passage that, that troubles me more than I want to live in freedom to worship God. I want to ask myself, God, if there's anything that stops me from that communion with you and that fellowship with you, I want it out of the way. Period. Whatever it is. I want to ask you a question. You can close your Bibles. When's the last time you had a good fellowship with the Lord? Now, if I read my Bible, that should be every morning. I should be waking up with an attitude of prayer, right? Not waking up tomorrow. Tomorrow morning when you wake up and spend time with the Lord, try to look at it on a different light, that it's you communing with God. You're not just doing some religious thing. You're not just saying words, see, that you don't even believe in. Some people pray, they don't believe what they're praying even. They say just, say, say words, you know? Got a little plan, little script, you know what I'm saying? They write it out. Lord, bless us for it, no more. Lord, do this, do that, do this, do that, do that, do that, do You ever pray like, I have. <laughs> I, I pray this. Listen, one time, you want to laugh. Here I am trying to give God an opinion. I said, man, I thought to myself, I said, what a stupid idea. How could I actually tell God to do something a certain way? You ever pray that God, you know? Listen, I was telling Boone this morning. I said, you know so many people pray... Uh, they say, Lord, strike my enemy, burn alive. <laughs> and I said to the Lord, the Bible says when the disciples wanted to do that, he said, you don't know what kind of spirit you got. You don't know what you have. I didn't come to destroy lives, but to save lives. And I walked up and I said, man, Lord, burn him like Jonah. <laughs> Jonah was on the, after God had forgiven Nineveh, and he was sitting on the, on the hill I'm just waiting for God to burn him. But he got, he got angry with God and God didn't do it. <laughs> and when he spoke to Jonah, he said, he said, wouldn't it be better that I'd, I'd forgive them? You know what I'm saying? That's not what Jonah wanted. And you know, you got to look at Jonah. Jonah. Jonah had a problem because he saw what the Ninevites did to his people. They murdered them and, and did some awful things to them, some shameful things. And, and Jonah just wanted them to burn them alive. God, burn them alive. Get rid of them. I'm going to tell you a testimony. I heard a lady say that. And, she, and, and it stuck with me for years. They had this lady that her son was murdered. And she blessed me so much when I heard that. I learned so much from it. She said, the man that murdered her son was given life in prison. The Lord said to her, Go over there and minister to that man. 
And she kept going. I'm pretty sure it was hard the first time. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to the murder of my son. He murdered my son. She kept going. You know that lady led that man to the Lord? And she took her murdered son and murdered, one that murdered her son as her son. I said, man, you got to have the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something. That, that, that is powerful. Jesus is sitting on the cross. He said, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. Stephen doing the very same thing when they were stoning him. What a communion with God, amen. Huh? What a, what a, boy, that's the kind of relationship I want. We might be tested that way. We don't know. I hope not. But we don't know. <laughs> but pray, you can stand up, praise God. And I want to ask you a question. And this is between you and the Lord. I don't, I want you to know. Okay, you don't have to tell me anything. You know, okay, just, just. When's the last time you really communed with God? When's the last time you heard his voice when you prayed? When's the last time God spoke to you? I mean, really spoke to you. You know what he told me a couple of days ago? I was praying. I shared that with Sister Kathy. I said, I heard him say, I'm coming, son. I heard him say that. It wasn't like, I, then I, I went and Jans, we, we spent some time with the Lord together. We worshiped. We, uh, Oh, I took my guitar out. We were singing songs to the Lord, Spirit of God moving. We even took communion together. And I, and I kept hearing it. I kept hearing it, Scott. I kept hearing it. I'm coming, son. And it was so clear. It wasn't like something I was trying to think of. You know what I'm saying? Just, it was just a voice. I was, I was hearing him. And the point about fellowship, he says, I want you to keep your eyes toward the heavens from which my help comes from. You know, I was, I was praying and in the background, I got a little radio, but a swagger there on. And guess what they're singing? The same thing I just, lifting my eyes to the heaven from which my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord, maker of it. I mean, I just, I just quoted that verse. And they're singing it, they're singing it on my radio. It's God is trying to tell us something, okay? We need to commune with the Lord. Listen. You're going to be able to handle life a whole lot better if Jesus is speaking to you. No matter what goes on in the world, no matter what goes on in America, no matter what goes on, if Jesus is speaking to you, you have hope. See, my hope is not in the system of man. My hope is not in the government. My hope is not even in the religious system. My hope is in Jesus. 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 My hope is in Christ. My, I don't know if you're feeling that this morning. My hope is in what he did at the cross and how I can commune and fellowship with him. That's my hope. Today, many are going to sit at, down in front of that television and watch a new religion called football. And they're going to worship that thing and they're going to, they're going to bow to it. They're going to be happy when somebody's going to run with a pig bladder from one front of the field to the other. Just so he, and that's, that's worship. What is it going to do good is going to do that. Right? What good is... Come on, who, who the hell cares who won the Super Bowl last year? How many souls could have been saved with that money? I thought about that. So how many billions of dollars could have been given to missionaries? Or fed the hungry? Or did something? I thought to myself, I said, Oh, God. 
I got away from a lot of that stuff, man. I said, I used to love football. I, I was a football addict, man. <laughs> I said, what, 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 what is, what good is it? What, 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 what does it profit? Putting the cheese on their head and painting themselves blue in freezing temperatures. Go sit half naked, but they won't go to church. They think me and you for raising our hands and singing to the Lord is a fanatic. But they're worshiping, they're worshiping their God, seriously. They're worshiping the God of this world. That's the new religion of America. Do you know that the NFL gets tax exempt just like churches? You didn't know that, huh? They are not, they don't have to pay a nickel of tax. Well, it's another religion. I'm not against people like football. That's, that's not the, listen, I'm talking about me, okay? What I saw in it. Now, you might have no problem watching it. That's fine for you. But for me, I could spend my time doing a whole lot better than sitting in front of a TV watching a bunch of nuts worship something that ain't of God at all. I, I, I call it new, America's new church, new religion. You, think, you see, we got a few here today. But how many thousands are going to miss church today to go watch football? Or basketball, or baseball, or, you know what I'm saying? Something like that. I want to serve Jesus, okay? I do, I, I'm not saying they got no Christians in it, but I'm, they ain't of God, right? Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this morning, for today. I really think, Father, in my heart that you were speaking this morning. God, that we could serve you with a pure heart, faithful heart, in communion with you and worship. There's nothing else that matters but Jesus, Father. Right now, change our hearts. Like that song we're singing. Create us a clean heart, Lord God. Renew a right spirit within us. Help us to serve you. In the name of Jesus Christ.